Welcome to the Good Shepherd and the Child podcast, where we explore the spirituality of the Christian child through the method of the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. I am your host, Carrie Mecki Lozano. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Karen Slayball on the podcast to dive into a really beautiful woman who we don't hear much about, but whose influence on both the Montessori world and our world in the catechesis of the Good Shepherd is rather large. So Adele Costagnocchi was friends with Sofia Cavaletti and even had a little Montessori school right across the street from Sophia's home. And she is the one who first asked Sophia if she would meet with a child that then became a few children to help them prepare for some sacraments. And after that experience, Sophia spoke more with Adele, and that's when Adele Costagnocchi paired up Sophia Cavaletti with Gianna Gobi. So she is the matchmaker of these two best friends. And as Jana and Sophia continued to observe the child and experiment in this work, they first started in Adele's little Montessori school that was right across the street. And it wasn't until later that they moved it to Sophia's home. And it was also Adele who encouraged them to make what they were doing official, like fill out the paperwork and actually become something official. So it's neat to learn about the connection between this beautiful soul, Adela Costagnocchi, and Sofia and Jana, because you can see so many of the beautiful seeds of Montessori that was planted by Adele, and then how it took fruit, both in her own Montessori work, but also in our work in the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Karen and really dive into who is Adela Costagnocchi. I hope you enjoy Welcome, Karen, to the Good Shepherd and the Child podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Mm, thank you for inviting me. Well, Karen, let's learn about who you are. Who are you? And I'd love to hear about your involvement in the Montessori world. Okay, well, let's see. Um, so I am, I am um, originally from the United States, but I live in Italy. Um, so I'm an expat, so to speak. Um, <laughs> I left my country for Montessori. I left my country um, to do the research about the zero to three Montessori history and the movement as it developed over here, which is very different from the international movement. So I was really wanting to know more about it and just made the move. Um, mm -hmm. But I... Um, I always worked with children, uh, even though I never got formally educated um, in, you know, I didn't get a college degree in education. I wasn't a, a teacher, um, but I did every time I had a choice about a project or an internship or something, it was always with children. And then I finally um, ended up taking the birth to three Montessori training and I wanted to do it in Italy. Um, I wanted to come to Italy and do it in Italian because I'm a purist. So I wanted to do it with Montessori's language. Mm -hmm. um, and I ended up helping my sister with her babies. So she, I was living as her nanny, so to speak, um, in, in home. And the two of us were, you know, collaborating to, for the first three years of her two children's lives. So the first four years, they were just a year apart. 
and that really um, cemented in me that how my love for the, the littlest ones, um, mm-hmm. what Montessori called ipicolissimi. So I, um, I had worked for years in a French immersion school with the little ones. So that meant the two to the four-year-olds. And mm-hmm. I had done a lot of preschool environmental education out in the field with different school groups coming through. Um, and so when I finally did my Montessori education and I did the zero to three, I really wanted to work in the classroom with the babies with the first year of life for the first year and a half. But um, there were very few of those classrooms at the time. And so I worked in the toddler environment and I just fell in love with that age group. They are Mm -hmm. such amazing people. So that's, I guess, not so much about (laughs) who I am as uh, I jumped right into my Montessori uh, background. Well, lead us into what you are doing now. So because I was always uh, pointed at the youngest ones, um, in my Montessori training that um, I ended up with a master's degree because our program allowed us to go get uh, another set of credits and then turn it into an official uh, master's degree, which was a a real wonderful thing. Um, Before it was just a Montessori diploma, which didn't really have any, didn't carry any academic weight in the world. Mm. Um, And I, um, I was really interested in the uh, the youngest ones, because in our observations, we are to observe newborns. And most every student in that program found it impossible to observe newborns, because every new mom really protects her privacy, rightfully so. Um, and so I came to Rome on this uh, quest to understand the history of the zero to three Montessori work. And I went to see my trainer, who um, her name is Dr. Montanaro. She may have been the topic of (laughs) some of your podcasts. Um, Mm -hmm. And she she was the one who uh, helped the students find observations for newborns in Rome in the very, very, very first training she did. So I went to her and I said, can you can you help me, you know, do some newborn observations? And she said, oh, no, that's impossible. You know, you can't. You know, I can't get you into any of the hospital. I mean, it was, you know, back in the day that she was getting people into these hospitals to observe newborns. Um, so what I'm doing today, um, when I when I moved to Italy, um, I did that for a project which would uh, which turned into a public uh, health care program in Italy sponsored by the Italian uh, government to do a a Montessori training for their um, public nurse midwives. And um, for three years, or about two and a half years actually, I was able to go into three different hospitals and not only observe newborns at will, so um, I had one of those white jackets that made me look like a doctor, and I had um, Mm -hmm. carte blanche, and so I was able to observe births, I was able to observe labors, I was able to observe postpartum, I was able to observe the babies in that golden first hour, two hours. Um, mm-hmm. I was able to observe the relationships, uh, the mother-child relationships as they were coming into existence. And so ever since I've been focusing my Montessori work on the newborn, um, 
but I'm also just very passionate about that whole first phase, which I tend to say zero to two years. You know, the Montessori movement puts all three first years together, but the two to three-year-old, mm -hmm. as you know, <laughs> is a very different phase. And the zero to two is kind of yeah. that very, uh, very sensitive, that spiritual embryo, as Maria Montessori called yeah. it. Yeah. I didn't realize that you were trained by Silvana Montanaro. That's really neat because like the whole, we're going to be talking about Adele, which is one of those people who bridges the Montessori world from our catechesis of the Good Shepherd world. But Silvana is another one of those bridges. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't realize that you were so connected to her. That's really neat. Yeah, there's a funny story that goes with that because I um, really wanted to, like I said, do my Montessori training in Italy. And originally I had looked into the three to six in Perugia. And um, there, was, um, a there is a training center there that uh, I was intending to go to. And I, I wasn't able to do it at that time. That was when I chose to work with my, live with my sister and work with uh, her and her children for those years. And so when I came back from that experience, I wanted to do the, the zero to three and no longer the three to six, but I still wanted to do it in Italy. So I looked on the website, the Association Montessori International website at, for the training, and it listed Montanaro's Rome contacts. <laughs> so I, I, oh, wow. A, yeah. So I did, and I had no idea that she was no longer working in Rome. You know, those were the early days. But, you know, the, just as websites are, they, they don't get updated. So <laughs> I was like, oh, I get mm -hmm. to go to Rome. And I wrote a letter and I, I called the phone number. And, I, you know, it turned out to be Dr. Montanaro's home phone number. And, you know, her. Oh, wow. Someone answered and says, oh, no, oh, no, there's, there's no Montessori trainings going on here anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> she was at that point coming to uh, San Diego, California. And so that's where I did my training with her. That's really neat. That's really neat. Well, let's dive into Adele Costagnocchi. Would you tell us about who this unheard of giant in the Montessori, especially zero to three world, who, who is she? Oh, let's see. Um, so Adele was born, Adele Costagnocchi was born in 1883. So that was 13 years after Maria Montessori. Um, she was born in Umbria in a tiny, tiny town to a, an aristocratic family. I think her father was a lawyer. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but they were a wealthy, um, they weren't noble born because, you know, the class of people at that time, um, you know, the different classes, there was the wealthy class, there was the, 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 the noble class. And so Adele was born into a family, um, one of four daughters, and they got educated at home, um, you know, private tutors and teachers came into the home. Mm -hmm. So she and all her sisters had, you know, incredible educations. And she was in a part of Italy that one might describe as kind of a spiritual center, um, because St. Francis is from the town just up the road. Um, St. Clair is from, the, you know, Assisi as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, and, and her mother was, um, was deeply religious. So 
Adela Costagnocchi decided in her 20s um, to devote her life to her work for God and chose not to marry, and she never did. She was very entrepreneurial in, in the sense of she wanted to do good, to, to do good works. Mm-hmm. And so she started a school with um, a, a childhood friend of hers. And there's another book about her is, um, not about her, but another book on, uh, recently it was published, it's a 50 Years of Letters. It's an epistolario. It's uh, all the letters she wrote to this friend, Mariana. And so she and Mariana started a school for um, for young women in order to help them rise out of dependence of uh, having to marry and be dependent on husbands. So a very, very early feminist. Mm-hmm. And it was teaching embroidery. So so helping women get, garnish a skill that then they could make a livelihood off of. So that is why she was invited to Maria Montessori's very first course. So in 1907, Montessori started the Children's House, as it's known today. Um, mm-hmm. Before that, she'd been working with um, she'd been working with children that had been taken out of an insane asylum where adults had been. And so she had been working with children already. But in 1907, and for two years, she worked in the very first children's house. And at the end of that time, she offered a training for the very first time to share what she had learned. And Adela Kostanyoki was invited to that training because the woman who was hosting that very first training um, had handpicked Adele as someone who would be perfect for this work uh, because the, and this woman's name was Alice Franchetti. She was married to a baron, so she was an American-born uh, woman, much younger than the baron, but she was married into this nobility. And so just by chance, she was brought into this Montessori world because she was a neighbor, and, and Alice knew of her and her work with women and her school. So Adele then went and got her um, teaching degree after she did her Montessori um, school, you know, after Montessori's very first offering. And she decided she was going to get this teaching degree and teach and be a teacher. She didn't actually ever teach as a children's house, you know, educator or directress, as they were called at the time. She had a job teaching high school high school philosophy. And she worked, so she moved to Rome after she got that teaching degree and she worked in a, it was a convent orphanage school and it was a boarding school. And she was one of the professors there and she did her whole career there, you know, 35 years of work with the, with the sisters that were doing this, this beautiful educational work with older, older children. But in the twenties, she opened up her, um, what she called her study because she was really wanting to study children in the Montessori mm-hmm. method. And mm-hmm. that was what she was most famous for, was this place that was called La Scuoletta, so the little school, mm-hmm. La Scuoletta. And she called it my study. La Scuoletta è mio studio, non è una scuola. This isn't a school. This is my, uh, my, my experimental, you know, my, my research lab my st- where I study children. And she even managed to keep it open during uh, Mussolini's uh, period of fascism because he closed all the Montessori schools. And she um, had this beautiful little program that was famous in all the 
in all of Rome for the quality of what happened in there for the children, the quality of the children's experience. Do you know if that is why she didn't name the school a Montessori school, because she didn't want it to be closed during that time period, like all the other Montessori schools? Is that why she just called it a little school? Well, yeah, it's it would be hard to understand motives like that. Um, you know, there's so much misinformation running around the Montessori world. Books are written, biographies are written, and sometimes it's not correct. So I, I'll refrain from <laughs> making a... But what I do know is she, she was never... She was probably one of the most loyal Montessorians. Now, she didn't... Um, I mean, she understood what Maria Montessori was talking about and applied it, I think, more perfectly than anyone else. And she was also rapidly independent. So she wasn't, she was working for God, not for Maria Montessori, you know, so she was truly doing this work of understanding children because she said, you know, Montessori wasn't the number one aspect of my life. Doing God's work was the number one aspect of my life, but using what Maria Montessori showed the world to do God's work was how she carried out God's plan for her. Mm, that's really neat. Yeah. It seems like that was a similar calling from what Maria as well felt, as well as the women who started Catechesis of Good Shepherd. <laughs> yeah. All of the people that followed uh, Maria Montessori on this mission this pilgrimage, because it truly was uh, committing one's life to the mission. Um, often they they didn't marry and have families because it required such so much of you. Mm -hmm. um, it it wasn't like Maria Montessori created a, a religion and had you know sisters that she was ordaining, <laughs> but in right. a way it kind of was. You know, it was it was truly a flock. the The women that followed Montessori were a flock of of missionaries and of um, you know women that were fully immersed and devoted in yeah the 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 mi the mission of the child. Mm -hmm. So tell us about how Adele started working with the the youngest child. Well, so this is kind of something that Maria Montessori and Adele Costagnocchi sh both shared was this r realization that, you know, you, you just have to keep going backwards to, you know, the younger and the younger children that um, so much of a person's formation happens at the very, very, very beginning of life. And so mm -hmm. the right environment, um, adults who understand the children's communications, um, who are striving to live in harmony and not educate a child to fit into society because that's kind of contrary to allowing for nature's um, plan to unfold in the child. They both realized that the secret was at the very beginning. Now, Maria Montessori, when she was in Barcelona, she wanted to start a school that would train young women to work with babies. Um, she had an orphanage there that had babies through, you know, teenagers. Um, 
And she thought, wouldn't it be wonderful to train the young women, the 16, 17, 18-year-old girls in this orphanage to take care of the babies in a Montessori way? Mm -hmm. She had just had her first grandchild and then her second, Mario, and his wife were living there. And so she was going to the maternity ward. She was observing the newborns, and she had this plan but it didn't ever come to fruition. So Maria Montessori was kind of, uh, you know, never able to apply her, um, you know, her, her knowledge and wisdom from observing newborns and, um, and understanding the first moments, the first hours, the first weeks and months, you know, the first part of life was so important to have people who were trained to help parents to, you know, work with those children when they were in care. That never was realized in Maria Montessori's time until the very, very end of her life. So she passed away in 1952, and it was in 1946 that she and Adele Costagnocchi decided to together create this new project for the newborn, for the youngest. Mm-hmm. Um, Adele, as well, had um, always dreamed of doing this, but there was there was never a moment in time. You know, they had so many. <laughs> they had World War One and then World War Two, and you know, it, was, it just never was able to happen. So, in 1946, Maria Montessori came back to Italy for the first time after her um, years in India. During the war years, mm-hmm. she was under house arrest there. So she came back to Europe when she was finally able to travel again and came back to Italy and met with Adela Costagnocchi. And they um, basically put together their ideas. And Adela Costagnocchi said, I will do this in Rome. I will make this happen. And she started, she opened the um, Assistenza all'infanzia Montessori. So the assistance to infancy or childhood, the word infancia has many different shades. So it's actually uh, childhood in its general translation. So Mm -hmm. she um, did kind of a test run. um, And then in 1947, found a group of, I think about 18 or 19 young women and Grazia Honorgefresco was one of them. And Grazia told me that at the end of two years, I think there were only like 10 left. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but that was the very first group of trained people for working with the youngest. And they weren't being trained per se, as they were all learning together because they were observing and meeting and discussing and you know, they were they were studying just as her scuoletta mm-hmm. was a research place for understanding children. I mean, every Montessori school, in its essence, should actually be a research place. You're you're learning from the children in front of you, and so that was what they did for the the zero to three. Was she had these students that were doing this Montessori training with her, but they were really just part of her research team, if you know what I mean. Right. Right. I, I feel like that aspect of observing and then discussing afterwards, I feel like that is at the heart of what we do with both Montessori and CGS, that we've, I think in many ways, we've lost a lot of that. Like I, I was talking with um, 
a dear friend of ours. Her name is Claudia Margarita Schmidt, and she worked with Sophia Cavalletti and Jana Gobi closely for like seven years in mm. Italy. And she was telling me how that's what they did all the time. Mm-hmm. They would, they would every Wednesday they had children in their home that did um, this atria time with them, and then they would go get food afterwards, and they'd sit and eat, and they would discuss what they all saw mm-hmm. in the children for hours. Mm-hmm. And there's such richness to that. There's that that scientific observation aspect of that, where you're honing your eyes to observe something, and then discussing it with each other in order to understand Mm -hmm. fully what you saw and if others see the same thing as well like there's there's a heart of what we do that is in that that's really neat to hear that that's how Adele began the assistant to infancy formation is with that yeah the um the assistance to infancy school as it was called um ran for two years continuously. So every morning was your practical work and every afternoon was your classroom time, whether it was lectures or discussions about the observations and practical work in the morning. Practical work meaning you'd spend three months going to the orphanage, you'd spend three months going to the maternity ward at the hospital, you'd spend three months going into you know families with little babies or newborns. And so you can imagine, you know, 10 to 20 women who, you know, maybe six different locations in any given time, you've got this room full of people talking about what they experienced. And you've got this sounding board. Um, And that's one thing that I've found here in Italy as well in the in the the programs that are the zero to three programs, which it's confusing, but they call them nidos. In Italy, zero to three childcare is a nido. So mm-hmm. that word in the Montessori world in English has been um, turned into, you know, under 18 months, not the toddlers, everybody but the toddlers, you know, the youngest ones. But um, in the nidos in Italy today, the ones I've it, been fortunate to observe in, um, typically they have three or four different groups of children. So 60, 60 children between the ages of six months and three years in, um, you know, different classroom groups with different educators. But you imagine you've got a staff of 10 or 12 or 14 or 16, because you've got the cooks, you've got the cleaners, you know, you've got this group of people who are working with this group of 60 children and all 10 or 12 or 14 of these adults have two eyes (laughs) to see. And so these meetings, like um, your friend was saying, where you sit down and talk about it, you talk about the children and you have so much more to go on when you're confused why a behavior, what to put in, you know, that's missing, uh, you know, what's going on for this child in the family? How can we support him? You know, you've got a work group. In fact, they call it your work group. Um, Many of us in Montessori toddler work, we work all by ourselves because the Montessori school we work in has one toddler environment. We have an assistant or two that aren't trained in Montessori. So we're basically having to help them convert from traditional childcare methods to a Montessori, you know, approach 
Um, and so we don't have a work group. We don't have 10 or 12 or 14 women that are, you know, for the benefit of this group of children we're working with are all brainstorming and discussing together. And I think it's a really fundamental, um, well, I think it's really important to look at that as far as what benefits children. Now, I, back to Adela Kostanyoki's assistance to infancy school. It ran for two years, and for two years you had this work group that talked all the time. And Grazia Honegger-Fresco told me so many times I can't even count. She would say, Adela Kostanyoki never lectured about theory or topics. In fact, she talked very little. She instead would place a word into the circle and we were to talk about it, what it meant, what, how, where we saw it. And so the, just like Montessori education for children is a place where they can construct their understanding. Her assistance to infancy program was a place for these adults to construct their understanding. Hmm. That's fascinating. And that's why I really feel like she took Montessori to the next level because most of our Montessori trainings were given the information and we write it down and we yeah. repeat it. And this is traditional education, not Montessori right. education. Right. Hmm. So for this first assistant to infancy formation, was Maria Montessori with Adele doing it or she gave she just handed it over to her saying okay go with it yeah Maria Montessori was one might say the you know the origin but the consultant um mm-hmm. she she came she did come back to Italy again um she was back in Italy in 1949 she had the international congress in San Remo that year so um, the assistants to infancy school had two years of work and they were able to report that at this, you know, this, it wasn't an annual by any means, uh, Congress. I think every four or five years they had this Congress. It was the first one after the war years, I believe. Um, so Adela Kostanyogi had been by Montessori's side since 1909. So 1949, they had, yeah. 40 years of, you know, uh, Montessori's first group um, had 60-some students in 1909, and I think 15 of them were invited to stay on for two more weeks, and Adele was one of those. So she was handpicked by Montessori in 1909. Adele Costagnocchi went to every training, and I don't like that word, um, so I apologize using it because we aren't training people. And... Mm-hmm. Um, you know that, um, but she went to every course that Montessori offered. So the 1910 course, the 1911 course, the 1912 <laughs> course. These were all she in Rome. Get enough. Well, well, no, you were basically part of Montessori's flock. So Montessori mm. told you to come. You know, <laughs> you will come. <laughs> I, I am going to be in Rome doing this. You know. <laughs> She went to every Congress, you know, so those first, second, third, fourth, fifth Congresses that were all around Europe. And she was, again, one of the flock, you know, to help. Um, so she basically was in the inner circle. 
um, Montessori's inner circle. So the two of them worked very closely together to create the, the zero to three work, um, meaning that they wrote letters. And when Montessori was in the country, Adela would have private, you know, I mean, she was a hard person to <laughs> spend time with at that point, you know, being sure. so incredibly, um, you know, precious the time with her. But Adela got got to spend time with her one-on-one. Um, we know from a lot of the the writings so they they worked together from 1947 until 52 when Montessori passed away, um, consulting on it. But on the ground, in Rome, doing the work, collecting the doctors, collecting the students, sh- it, it was her, her work. It was her project. Hmm. Do you know who some of the other first collaborators with the assistant to infancy were besides Adele? Who were or who worked with her and Maria on this? Or was it just the two of them? Well, um, let's see. So collaborators in the Montessori world or so what she had to do was she had to bring together a team to do this project. Um, she needed doctors because she needed to, um, you know, birth and newborns were in the, the healthcare field, not in the education field. She needed to find doctors who understood um, and were interested in healthy development and what, you know, education from birth, healthy development for a child looked like, not what pathology was, because most doctors are trained just to, you know, heal and fix and cure pathology. Mm -hmm. And she did find um, a handful of really amazing doctors. One was the head of the orphanage. It's not an orphanage. It was a foundling home. Um, A brefatrofio means that um, it hosts single mothers with babies, you know, illegitimate babies, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, So they weren't all motherless uh, babies, you know, babies that were just brought there and dropped off. Um, you know, women that were too poor to keep their babies since, you know, the, there was at the time babies were getting thrown into the Tiber river because, you know, the, the women couldn't. So there was this, um, incredible effort to, you know, save these babies. And so there was this very large institution and the head of that, um, was one of the doctors. Another one was the, the pediatrician at, at the baby uh, bambino Jesu, so Jesus Child Hospital, which is still uh, the pediatric hospital in Rome. So she had some really important um, medical professionals that helped her because they were all professors. All the medical work that we learn in our Montessori Zero to Three training, we do obstetrics and nutrition, and there's. Uh, whole handful of medical topics that are are taught by the doctors themselves she then needed her montessorians um meaning people that were three to six montessori um pilgrims (laughs) i I was about to say trained again which i (laughs) want to stay away from that word but um and so the um you know i'm not really sure when gianna gobi did her uh, you know, was in the school, the assistance to infancy school. I don't, I haven't looked at that date. Have you? So that's a question I have, and I want to find the answer to. But um, it's my understanding that Gianna 
did Montessori training with Adele in 1939, but I'm not sure if that was zero to three or three to six. Okay, so in 1939, Adele Kostinyoki was um, asked by Maria Montessori to teach the three to six in Rome. And it was quite clandestine because, as you can imagine, the fascist... Um, the fascists weren't interested in any more Montessori <laughs> courses. Right, right. And Montessori was supposed to teach that, but she got um, trapped in India. She wasn't able to travel back. So Montessori selected Adele and um, Anna Maria Macaroni, I believe, were the two that were the two docents, the two Montessorians that taught that course. And so I think you're right. I think she did her her three to six formation in 1939 and therefore was one of Adele's flocks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, many of the people that Adele worked with, the young women in her first years of the assistance at infancy school, had been students of hers in high school at the, um, the boarding school where she taught philosophy with the, with the sisters, the Catholic right. boarding school. And I think that was the case with Jana. I think she was a student of Adele at the high school and then started working with her after that at the Montessori school. Right. So that would explain why she um, was so incredibly deep in her months with her Montessori work. And then, and I think they worked together for a good while because she didn't introduce her to Sofia Cavaletti and Jana started collaborating with her till 1954. So that's about 15 years at least of them working at Adele's little school together um, before Jana moved on to work with Sophia. Yeah, Adele Kostanyoki felt like, you know, everyone who works with children need to, need to understand who the children are at the youngest age group. And so even if Jana was... Um, you know, focused on the older children. She spent years in that schooletta and studied mm-hmm. those youngest children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of this, yeah. um, you know, a lot of this information is available. Grazia Honegger Fresco wrote a biography about Adele Costagnocchi, where, you know, she's the only Montessorian who wrote Adele's biography. The other two biographies are written. Um, by people who are, are perhaps more academically interested in Adele or religiously interested in her, or in you know, Grazia talks about the um, beginnings of the catechesis work in this biography. There's a chapter on it, and it's got interviews uh, with Sophia and with Jana and with other people who bring a really rich. Uh, set of memories. The other two biographies talk a lot about um, the different priests that she was really close with and collaborated with on other projects. And so there's different facets of her life from each of these three biographers, which is really interesting. Is the book that Grazia wrote only available in Italian right now? Yeah. Yeah, all all of these books are unfortunately still only available in Italian. I guess I need to learn Italian. (laughs) (laughs) 
add that to my list of things to learn. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a beautiful language. Here's a quote. Really um, so in this book, in this biography, there's lots of, you know, there's very few Adela Costagnocchi quotes in floating around the world because she didn't write. She wrote letters for 50 years to her friend. She wrote letters to Montessori. Um, but she didn't write, you know, articles and books. So a lot of the quotes we have are, are the, the testimonials. People say, oh, Adela used to always say this or Adela said that. And so this one that um, is in this, from this biography, is Dio e il bambino se la intendano, which means God and the child understand each other. Hmm. So this quote, yeah, God and the child understand each other. Um, this was uh, something Sophia remembered her saying. And she talked about how um, Adela Costagnocchi felt that it was necessary to integrate a child's education and the child's spiritual aspect of life. Mm -hmm. And that was something that Montessori, you know, like they shared this desire to go deeper and back, you know, and back farther into the younger and the younger children to study them, to understand them, to provide what they could to others to understand them. Both Maria Montessori and Adela Costagnocchi also really wanted for the child to, to be respected in their spiritual development. And Adela Costagnocchi knew that, that from this quote, you know, God and the child understand each other. You know, the child is already in communion with God. Another thing that um, is in this book was about how, uh, so, so, so Sophia talks about how she first, her first memories of knowing Adela Costagnocchi. So they lived, uh, well, they didn't live across the street from each other. The scuoletta was across the street, across this little piazza from Sofia's house. Mm-hmm. And that La Scuoletta was inside Palazzo Taverna, which was the, the mm -hmm. was friends. Count and Countess Taverna were friends of Adele's. And they have a, a palace in the center of Rome that's from the 15th century, their family home of this noble family. And, and they gave her a space in there to open up this little, little school. And so Sophia said, uh, you know, she... she just always remember seeing Adele because she would be coming and going from, you know, this palace in front of her house. <laughs> she said her aunts were friends with um, Adele. But the, she has this first memory of seeing her helping someone who uh, dropped all his oranges and she just stopped and, and helped this man pick up all his oranges and put them back into his cart. She just had that, you know, that, that kind of spirit of, you know, helping others. And then um, the first time she was officially, you know, brought into Adele's world was when she was in it, uh, 1946 or 47. She couldn't remember the exact date. So this, this is when Sophia's remembering her first encounter where she was invited to come. She must have already been a scholar, um, a, a, mm -hmm. a historical researcher, because she was invited to come teach the elementary and middle school kids in a Montessori school that was run by Flaminia Guidi, who was a very important Roman Montessorian who's not really known by anyone outside of Italy. Um, 
And so she was asked to teach the history of the alphabet to these kids. So that was her very first experience. And she said, um, and I believe it was at this middle school project that was another one of Adele's projects that she did a public middle school for five or six years, right down the street from where she lived. So you know, a few blocks from her house, a few blocks from the palace of the Count of Taverna. It was all, it all happened in a very small part of the, you know, the center of, of Rome. Mm-hmm. And after this, she would be invited to come observe at La Scuoletta. And so at this point, the, La Scuoletta was working with the 12 month to 36 month, you know, the under three to six age group, you know, they were starting to, you know, this was 46, 47, 48, 49. It was in the early years of the La Scuoletta being for the youngest ones. And so Sophia um, probably was observing in the very early years of when they were all just trying to understand what these children need, who these children were, how they could provide an environment. And then she shared this really beautiful uh, story about when she was observing in the Scuoletta, and Adele said to her, they were, wa- they were watching a little girl who was totally immersed, you know, just deeply concentrating on what she was doing. And Adele said, look, she's on a spiritual retreat. Mm. And isn't that just it? You know, when children are allowed to concentrate on what they find to be interesting, whether they're three months old or three days old or three years old, and they don't get mm-hmm. interrupted because they're respected for that moment, they're, they're, they're really in this incredible union with life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really neat to hear these stories because... They happened before Sophia started working in what we now call Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. But I see so many seeds that were planted in her. And like just what you said, Adele said, the spiritual retreat, like that's, yeah, that's exactly what, when I see the children in our atria, I do, I feel like we've created a retreat for them, a spiritual Mm -hmm. retreat. Mm -hmm. Like it's not classroom, it's not formation it is a spiritual retreat where they have a place where they can encounter god in in, in themselves and it's so beautiful it sounds like that those seeds are planted right there in that little school with the deli that's really neat mm. Mm. yeah it's um it's a beautiful history to be researching and sometimes i feel so lucky to be the one doing it my Dear friend, Letizia Varone, who's the newborn person for the, the Montessori work, and she's been, she was in Adela Kostinyoki's class of 62 or 63, 64, you know, in that time. So over 50 years of experience with the newborns. She's in her 80s, and she's my dear friend. You know, I can just call her up and, and ask her about things, and she's, she still has her own personal historical memory of all of these people of Sophia and of this work and you know who who I mean it's it's really a, an incredible um, thing to and this is why I moved to Italy because uh, it's at my fingertips mm-hmm. and it's it's worthy I think of being brought forward. Adela Costagnocchi yeah. was 
you know, another Maria Montessori in the sense that she, her life work was so important and we, uh, we really need to bring it into the present and take it into the future. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm really grateful for you, Karen, of bringing us these stories and this history and helping us to understand a deeper who this beautiful woman, Adela Kostanyoki, was. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, Karen, before we finish, is there anything that you would like to share with us about your work or um, anything that you think our listeners might want to hear? Well, um, I would love to to tell your listeners about this incredible opportunity to come to Rome and dip their own toe into this water. I have begun to do tours with a, a, a friend of mine who has um, Montessori tours and travel as her little, you know, side gig. And the two of us have been leading people around Rome to Montessori sites. So we have a a group coming over in the fall, September 30th to October 14th is the whole tour, but it's going to go from Italy all the way up to Amsterdam and look at Montessori sites up there too. And the Italy piece is September 30th to October 10th. And we're going to be running all over Italy looking at all the significant sites. Um, So it's really an experiential education in Montessori history and in Adela Costagnocchi history and all the work that happened in Rome, all the work that happened in, you know, um, well, (laughs) you know, she was born in Chiaravalle, which is on the Adriatic seashore. And then her first course in Citta di Castello. And we go to these places and we meet people that tell us about that piece of history, the specialists that can take us into this experiential education. Um, we had our first one last year, and it was it was just amazing. So we're doing another one this year, and then we have one in to- in June of 2024 that's just Rome, and we'll do five days just in Rome. So if anybody wants to know more about that, they should contact me, or Montessori Tours and Travel. Ruli is my friend who organizes it all. Well, if you want to send me a link, I will put it in our show notes so that people can look into more information because that sounds like an amazing trip. It's own little Montessori pilgrimage. Yeah, and if you if you I think you can do you know both or one or the uh, you know you can come just to Italy or or you can do the whole thing. But if you if you if you go to Holland, you you stand in the room where Maria Montessori was born, and you stand in the room where Maria Montessori passed away. It, it's just this amazing opportunity you know once in a lifetime opportunity so i will i'll i'll send that link to you for the montessori tours and travel site and then you know how we met the basic needs of babies course that we have put together which um is not necessarily a course about montessori for the newborn i realized the other day you know we haven't talked about you know the the Chestina and the Toponcino and the mobiles. <laughs> and, <you> know, <laughs> we really haven't been teaching people about how to Montessori for the youngest babies because it's actually much more of an um, inner development of the adult course. And so we're going to be doing another 
edition of that course next coming September in the fall. And so I just would love to have anybody that would be interested in kind of spiritual development of the adult who can become who the child's need, who the children need by, and, and, and Laetitia says this to me all the time. Laetitia, again, is this newborn Montessorian in Rome. She says, you have to do your inner work, you know, you have to do your mm-hmm. inner work. And uh, Montessori trainings don't, they, they tell you that inner work has to be done, but they don't necessarily guide you to how that might happen. And mm-hmm. through this collaboration with Ruth Earhart, who is, the, um, you know, a Montessori midwife in the sense that she really understands how nature has a plan for birth and how to respect nature's plan, just as Montessorians understand that nature has a plan or God has a plan for how a child educates himself to be peaceful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have to understand that plan in order to step out of their way and allow them to be in control of their lives from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I have thoroughly enjoyed the course, and I highly, highly recommend it. We will definitely put links to that as well in our show notes for people who might be interested in that basic needs of babies course that that you provide through Montessori for Life. Well, thank you so much for um, being in the course because I've really enjoyed getting to know you and, yeah, just being with your group, with with your work group, with your catechesis people who are so so special well thank you thank you karen thank you for taking the time to join me today i really appreciate you oh thank you i really appreciate having been able to spend this hour with you thank you all for listening to this week's episode of the good shepherd and the child podcast just like karen and i were just speaking about i have links in our show notes for Karen's work and her website and some of the the courses and the pilgrimages that she was all talking about, go check out the show notes so that you can learn more about those things. I also want to point you to the book, A Year with Sophia Cavaletti by Anne Garrido. In the chapters that Anne talks about who Sophia Cavaletti is and who Jana Gobi is, she mentions in there some of the connections between Adela Costagnocchi and Sophia and Jana. So if you have a copy of that book, go check out those two chapters so that you can see those links as well. And if you don't have a copy, I'll put a link in the show notes in case you want to get your hands on this really great book. Don't forget that we have our main text, which is The Religious Potential of the Child by Sophia Cavaletti. We have it in audio form now. So if you would like to purchase access to the audio version of The Religious Potential of the Child, I have a step-by-step instructions how to do that in our show notes. So go check that out. This podcast is sponsored by the United States Association of the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. If you would like to know more about the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, or if you would like to become a member, support our work, and get access to member-only content, please go to cgsusa.org. Thank you all for listening. We will see you in two weeks. Go and fall more deeply in love with God.